Welcome to The Natural Health Revolution, a weekly podcast that focuses on bringing science and nature together by bringing you the top experts from the fields of science, health, nutrition, and well-being. We are Circle of Light, bringing you wholesome, all-natural ingredients to help you on your journey to long-term well-being. Take care of your gut health with our delicious Fibre 89 soluble drinks. Reap the nutritious natural benefits of the unroasted green coffee bean with our unique green coffee range. And restore your body with our all-natural herbal night drink, Triple Z, a soothing mixture of multivitamins, ancient herbal remedies, and prebiotic fiber to help you relax, restore, and rebalance. I'm Dr. Sarah Kelly, CEO of Circle of Light. Join us as we dig into all things health and find some inspiration along the way. Today, we are talking about taking care of our skin. But knowing exactly what products are and knowing what is best for you are questions only an expert can advise on, which is what we bring you today. I am delighted to be talking to Sophia Woods, who is a treasure trove of knowledge in all things skin. With over 20 years in the beauty industry, Sophia has worked in some of the leading clinics in London and with several global skincare houses. From her private clinic in Ranelagh, Dublin, known as The Facialist, she focuses on the delivery of signature facials and skincare, combined with state-of-the-art facial technology. She is an avid seeker of the latest in research across scientific and dermatological fields and follows closely the latest in skincare from across the world. Sophia, hi. Thank you so much for being with us here today. Sure, Sarah. Thank you for inviting me. Delighted to be here. I know you trained initially as a beauty therapist before specializing and setting up on your own now as the facialist. But can you tell me maybe a little bit about how you came to choose the path you're on at the moment? I actually knew nothing about skin and I started my career quite late. And how it happened was that I went to work in Brunei for the Sultan of Brunei. So when you're working out there, the sun is like 100 degrees. You know, you're burning up, know nothing about um, skin, not applying any SPF. And so then I noticed that my skin was becoming, I was getting these dark patches, what were they? So obviously pigmentation. And I just looked older after six months. And I thought, this is weird. So I went off because we used to travel, I went off to see an esthetician. And in America, she was like, I hate to think what you'd look like when you get to 40. I was like, oh my God. So I dropped my my, my job. I came back to London and I, I changed my career. That's how it all began. But I knew I wanted to focus on skin. I had no interest in nails or anything like that. I used to like, you know, blag my way into, you know, seminars for the medics where I shouldn't have been, didn't know what they were talking about. But I remember going to this particular seminar and it was like, they were talking about vitamin A. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to change the world with vitamin A and glycolic. Like, this is it. So once I started researching myself and reading, it became so interesting. I knew that I just want to work on skin, but there, there wasn't a niche for skin that, for a facial. It was like, you're either a beauty therapist or you're a dermatologist. There's no one between. But then over time, you know, it happened. And now it's, it's such a big thing. So very simply put, that's what you would describe yourself as sitting between. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Bridging the gap between beauty and uh, dermatology for sure. Fantastic. And after your time working abroad, did you notice when you eventually came back to Ireland, did you notice that there had been many changes in your industry? Well, see, I didn't live in Ireland since I was 17. So I didn't really know Ireland or didn't know Dublin, anything like that. But there's one thing I did notice, and that was about four years ago when I came to Ireland, is that Ireland was very behind in many things. And Ireland tend to follow fads a lot when it comes to the skincare industry. But there's one thing that I noticed and I had to change 
changed my whole concept on thinking about skin was that all I was dealing with was inflammatory skin conditions. Like everybody that was coming through the door had either rosacea, terribly sun damaged skin, broken capillaries, all these inflammatory skin conditions. And I thought, whoa, what am I doing with this? You know, and all the news, let's peel it, let's hurt the skin. And I thought, this is wrong. So then coming to Ireland, I had to really rethink how I was going to treat skin. And that's how I set up my own. And the treatments that I offer are very much treating, you know, inflammatory skin conditions. Let's get to the root of it. And that's through the gut and skincare. Let's reduce the inflammation. So, And that's something I, it's a word that I always associate with you is bespoke. So you really, you treat whoever is in front of you. So there's no generic, you know, blueprint. It's very, it's specific. The treatment regime that you follow with your clients is very specific to who's sitting in front of you. Absolutely. Because when a client sits in front of me, you know, the skin is an elimination organ. So you have to think, you know, whatever I'm presented with, say if it's um, a skin issue in the forehead or the cheeks or whatever, I have to think, okay, how am I going to treat that skin? But what is causing that? What's causing these inflammatory skin conditions? It's related to something inside, to an organ. So that person is specific to whatever I'm going to use on them at that time. And it's very bespoke to that person, of course, because everybody's skin is different. You can't treat everybody the same. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. And I feel, again, the area of skincare, it has experienced astronomical growth, particularly in the last decade. Skincare at times can feel a bit like a minefield. In your opinion, do you think it should be that complex? No, I think skincare has uh, run away with itself recently. And I think, you know, social media has a huge part to play in that. There's a lot of confusion. Um, I have clients that are following, you know, skin routines on Instagram that might be like 25 year olds. You know, it doesn't work if you're in your 40s or something like that. So I have a very simple um, take on skin. And, and it's, I always say, if you have the foundation, your vitamin A, C, E, your hydration and your protection. So your vitamin A is to repair the skin. Your Vitamin C is for color, collagen and clarity. Vitamin E is a powerful antioxidant. And then you have your hydration, which could come in the form of hyaluronic. Um, and then you have your protection, your SPF. If you have the foundation right, that is all you need. It's like you're baking a cake. You have ingredients and that will create a strong foundation. Anything else is icing on the cake. So you need the foundation right. That's the key. Okay, so just go back to so what's vitamin A, which is retinol. Yes, Correct. your vitamin A, very form, different forms of vitamin A, yes. Vitamin C, vitamin, C. vitamin E, your hydration. Yes. And the last one? Is your protection. Your protection, SPF. Yes, exactly. Okay. So the same, I look at that simple, that's my philosophy, and that applies to gut and topical skincare. Okay. Have you any advice where people should be spending their money. You were the first person that introduced me to the difference in cosmetic products versus cosmeceutical. Basically, the first and foremost step I always say is book in for a consultation. In that consultation, you know, that is unique to you and they will advise you what to apply to your skin for your skin concerns and your skin type. That is very important. Okay, so quality versus quantity. Okay, I use a pharmaceutical skincare, and the difference in that and over the counter skincare is A, the actives will be stronger. B, the science that goes into it, the research, the trials are carried out in subjects. 
it's real. It's real skin. If you go into anywhere and pick up a product, you know, is that for your skin type? The actives or whatever the ingredients are, you don't know the quality. You don't know the research that has gone on behind it. And also, is it specific to your skin concern or has that been recommended to everybody that walked through the door today? You know, so that's why consultations are so important. And you might pay, obviously you pay a little bit more for the pharmaceutical skincare, but you are paying for um, something that's going to treat your skin and make your skin healthier over longer term. So Yeah, and I think everyone, if you're going to spend money, you'd rather spend money in something that's going to be effective and appropriate for your skincare. Absolutely, but I'm met with every day where I have clients who are coming in for their facials and they are using whatever over-the-counter and it may not be inexpensive, you know. And I'm like, okay, why are you here? Is this working for you? Yes, I'm happy with my products, but have all these skin concerns. That shouldn't be. So therefore, you need to talk to a trained specialist as a skin specialist and find out what it is and also what is causing your skin concerns. You know, if, if, they, if they remain, there is a problem or your skincare is not working. And that's also something, I suppose, when you came on board as an independent advisor to Circle of Light, one of the messages that I loved that I got from you was you always talk about healthy skin from within. So you are a big believer in what you put into your body. It, it's reflected in your skin, really, isn't it? So basically, when I do treatments, some of the treatments require hydration. Okay, so some clients tend to head off and have a coffee, which is a no-no. I'm a huge researcher. So I went off looking for something healthy that I could give to the clients after the treatment. That's how I came across Circle of Light. Ferulic acid is a well-known antioxidant in the skincare industry. And it's the one thing that jumped out. And I thought, whoa, if there's ferulic in a drink, then I'm going to have it. And it was for myself as well, because I want to, you know, gut health is very important to me. So I wanted to drink something that was healthy. And yes, that was exciting to see the ferulic because it is a very um, potent antioxidant, anti-aging oxidant in skincare. Yeah, I, I'm a big believer in skin mapping. Just like reflexology, because I am a trained reflexologist as well. When you treat the feet, every part of the foot corresponds to an organ in the body. Okay. And it does work because it's based on crystals in the feet. The face is exactly the same. And this is, this is very normal in like holistic therapies. So when a client comes into me and I can almost tell them if they had a takeaway. So then if they say no, they've been eating healthy, don't add say there's something. And then I'm sitting there like thinking my head, my, my mind is just working hard. And I'm like, you had pizza, you had something, you had Chinese, you had something. I can see by the spot or certain inflammation or sugar. Sugar is just the worst agent and inflammatory ingredient one can consume. So I, I know it's there as evidence. So I'm big into skin mapping because every part of the face corresponds to an organ. So as I said, the body is an elimination um, filter. So it's telling us something. What is going on inside does reflect on your skin. So would you find that there's clients might be spending money on their topical treatments, but the issues might be coming from within? So whether it's their diet or their gut health. Gut health is a big one. And you know, the one thing, Sarah, even for myself, I think sometimes I'm eating healthy. And then I go back and I think, okay, we're dealing a lot now with things like pesticides on food, you know, um, chemicals, metals, all of these things. And it's, it's out of our control. And it's a very difficult thing. And sometimes we think we're really healthy. We're really eating the best food, but there's something getting through and it's affecting us. So it's, it's a very difficult one, but I, I do see the gut is a big problem. And I suppose it's just about tuning into that. And once you realize that, I suppose you can 
start to educate yourself or maybe um, take the steps towards working on that, maybe changing your your diet. And I suppose for everyone, there's probably different triggers. Would that be that some people might get away with eating pizza, you know, a couple of times a week where there's some people might be extra sensitive to it? Would you find that? Absolutely. So again, I'll always say everybody's body is different. Everybody's gut is different. Everybody's skin is different. We are totally different. Everybody is individual. So what works for me may not work for you. So you might be, you know, taking all this advice from social media and I'm going to try this. It may not work for you. So for me personally, I know that if I eat, I'm not gluten intolerant or dairy intolerant or that I'm aware of, but I know, and it's all about listening to your body, listen to your skin. I know that if I eat pizza or anything at night, I will wake up in the morning and I have like this terrible congestion, you know, in my throat, in my nose, in my eyes. So I know that is not working for me, whether it's the gluten or whether it's the cheese or whatever it is on that pizza. I know it's not working for me. So therefore it's entirely up to me to eat it or not to eat it. It may be fine for you. However, when you're younger, you get away with a lot. But talking from experiences, I have been through all the generations. When you're in your 20s and your early 30s, that it's great. You can eat whatever trash you want and you might get away with it. But once you hit your 40s and you start going into your mid 40s and 50s, that is when everything jumps up and it goes, hey, hi, let me introduce myself. And you go sometimes, I woke up, that spot just came up this morning or this redness appeared. It hasn't. It's been tapping on your shoulder for years. And then suddenly it's like, wow, it's there. So just to pick up on, you mentioned there about the different generations. Is there an age when women need to start paying more attention to how they treat their skin? And I'm actually really conscious that I'm automatically referring to women because I know men now are more so than ever tuned into their skin. We can talk about that maybe afterwards, but even, and just... Is there an age that you would say you need to, okay, you need to get your, you, you just mentioned you get away with a lot maybe in your 20s. But if you were, so given advice now to your younger self, what age would you have seen as a crucial age to start taking care of your skin? It's well known as through science and in the skin industry, 25 years old is when things start going into the degeneration stage. But to me, like you're aging from the day you're born. (laughs) However, 25 is the age where you start thinking, you know, let's look at your skin, let's get to have a healthier skin routine at home and just look after yourself, you know, internally and externally. So 25 is the age. 25 is the age. Absolutely. But obviously before that, SPF is probably one thing that you'd say from... It's the first product that I would say it's the first investment you will make um, uh, is your SPF. But then again, it goes to the quality of the SPF. What is in your SPF? Is your SPF protecting you? I am not big into numbers whatsoever, but I'm very into um, 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 SPFs containing zinc and titanium or one or the other or both. They are natural filters. And to me, without that in it, I'm just like, I'm don't care. (laughs) Not interested. Uh, So I always say to my clients, I check, you know, they're using SPF, but they may be getting burnt. Their pigmentation is getting worse. What is in your SPF? You've got to invest in your SPF. Circle of Light unroasted green coffee is not your average coffee experience. Unroasted to preserve the integrity and the natural benefits of chlorogenic and ferulic acid, abundant in the nutritious green coffee fruit. A whole new taste experience, Circle of Light unroasted green coffee is high in soluble fiber and low in caffeine to keep you nourished from the inside out. Available at all good supermarkets, pharmacies and health food stores or find us online at circleoflight.ie.
I find I am automatically referring to women. But with regards to men, so is the message the same for men in terms of taking care of their skin? Is 25 years old the age or have, has the, all the research probably have ignored men in this, in this industry, have they? Yeah, the poor guys have been neglected in a way, but a lot of men, especially younger men, are really into the skincare and looking after themselves. They may not know how, they might just be picking things off the shelf again. They could be, you know, maybe um, compromising their skin, depending on what they're doing. The same applies to women. You know, when you are younger, you don't know and you are following what's on social media. So, but again, with men, it's very important that men come in for consultation and they are educated and, and shown how to use the products for their skin type. And I think that's probably an important message to get out there because there's probably, um, some men probably think it's- A, a girly thing. A girly yeah. thing, yeah. It's, it's a, a bit taboo, I would say, amongst men. Because one thing I have seen, men I've seen have started to wear SPF. So that's one change. They've become more conscious of that on a daily basis. So not just in the sun or in holidays. A lot of men now are, you know, consciously putting on a moisturizer or are consciously putting on an SPF every day. Yeah, absolutely. My brother works in a building site and like I did give him an SPF and he did a great pose for me that I used on my social media. Um, and he uses it religiously every day now. And so much he said, this stuff is good, you know. So it's just about educating them. Yeah. So apart from the damage, I suppose, the, n- not many people realise the incidence of skin cancer in Ireland is, t- is it the number one cancer in Ireland? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And also, you know, you can see on skin, you know, a lot of keratosis, which is, um, you know, to do with sun damage as well. Absolutely. But look, it's not just applying this SPF either. You have to make the skin stronger and healthier underneath. And the SPF is definitely the um, icing on the cake, so to yeah. speak. So, and, and vitamin C and, and SPF go well together. Um, vitamin C is a high-powered antioxidant. It's a protector and healer. So they both go well. So it's, it's a huge story. It's a huge picture. It's not just about applying your SPF, you know. We want a healthier skin underneath. So they can also ward off the damaging effects of UV and then you have your SPF on top, top of that, that, that works very well together. So, yeah. And when you were talking earlier about the difference in, I suppose, quality products that will be effective versus maybe just over the counter or, you know, that you can get in, in a supermarket, is maybe an issue here as well. Do, are you finding that there are people spending their money maybe on more invasive treatments but not looking after the condition of their skin. So I suppose I'm referring to the likes of Botox or more expensive treatments, which obviously, well, again, I'll let you explain that, why that's... I'm not anti-Botox by any means. I'm 53 years old and I have Botox and it makes me feel good, but I still have to look after my skin. And my experience with Botox is like when you have Botox, it does inhibit the blood circulation and it can cause muscle atrophy long-term. But um, with regards to your skin, you still have to look after your skin. Botox will freeze and, and soften the wrinkles and smooth your forehead or whatever, but you still have to look after the skin. It's a huge complex Uh, mesh that needs looking after. And as you get older, Botox will perhaps stop working. As I know for myself, it has stopped working around my eyes. So I have to think, you know, what do I have to do? But for years, I've been looking after my skin, so I'm lucky. But for those who reach their 50s and suddenly it's, oh my God, I have Botox on my forehead. Now the eyes are not working. So that's one face. What about the lower face? That's two faces. Then your neck and decollete, you end up with four faces. You know, so you have to be very careful and mindful. Botox is great and it looks great, but you have to look after your skin. It is so important. When you say, what do you mean by four faces that they, you look different in four different places? Exactly. So what is happening is 
people go for the Botox in the forehead and the eyes. And I'm even seeing it in the 40 pluses now. I need to have Botox because they've gone into that panic stage. And then you have the they have Botox in the forehead and their eyes, but then they're losing the elasticity and tone around the mid face and the jawline and the neck. Most people's necks are so terribly neglected and sun damaged. And then you've your decollete. So there's a huge imbalance there. And unless you have the money and the time to really invest in fillers and Botox all over wherever they put it, then, you know, that's fine. But you still have to look after your skin. Okay. But, you know, if you can really get the balance right with internal health. And one thing that is really important is hydration. Hydration can come in the form of liquid water, which is a water. And I hear some people saying I'm drinking four liters of water a day. Like what? Anyway, you get the best um, water from your water rich fruit and veg. That's the water the cells like. So, you know, whether you're eating it raw or steam it or something like that there, you know, that's a very, very important thing. I just want to get that out there. So hydration is key to the life of our cells. So again, healthy skin from within. And another growing area of interest is menopausal skin. So a lot of people, and again, is there such thing specifically as menopausal skin or is it just your skin in your 40s and 50s? Like, is it, has it got anything to do with menopause? Absolutely. When you enter menopause, the hormones uh, cause many changes. You know, you reduction in collagen, the elasticity goes, the fat pads decrease, dryness occurs the dryness, the skin becomes thinner. So that's when then you are looking at, you know, I always say, be careful with coffee during menopause, Um, you know, black coffee. I just think it can cause um, crazy spikes. Also, you know, your skincare will change. You know, you might be going more for occlusives, which are more like barrier type moisturizers and all to keep in the, the the water within our skin, you know, and prevent transdermal water loss. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of changes and changes will occur with your skincare as well, definitely. Okay. And then there's a lot of, you know, adult acne as well. That's again, a change in hormones. So there's many things to look at and changes yeah, do occur. And like I said, the skincare changes must change as well. So what you're doing in your twenties and thirties, you'll cer- certainly not be doing that in your forties and fifties. So. so there's products that would be very specific So again, speaking to someone who can advise which products will suit your specific condition or the state that your skin is in at that stage. Absolutely, because I see as well, you know, a lot of clients going into menopause and suddenly I need retinol. Retinol is a huge subject. Retinol can cause damage to your skin. Retinol can cause an inflammatory response. So if you are going into menopause, that's the last thing you want to be doing is crazy hurting your skin. So you want to start hydrating and repairing and nurturing your skin and um, again, get advice. Of course. And maybe you can't give this advice, but with regards to retinol, you said retinol can damage your skin and cause inflammation. Is that part of the process? So when you so when you do start retinol, there is naturally a reaction, isn't that right? Or are you looking for to start with a retinol percentage that doesn't have the reaction? There's many types of retinol. Vitamin A is a huge umbrella. And from that umbrella, you have um, derivatives, you have the the retinols, and then you have different like retinaldehyde, which is a non-inflammatory form of vitamin A, but you're getting the same result. They all change into um, uh, certain chemicals within the skin anyway. And they're all, the aim is to get the same result. Some of them take longer, some of them go quicker. When you go in with strong retinols, and people want the strongest. What's happening, in my opinion, is that, okay, your skin will start shedding, you'll get redness, so you stop. 
Then you start again. So it's like going back and forth, back and forth, confusing the skin and literally hurting the skin. So the idea is then go in and get advice is to start low. But again, it depends what are what type of vitamin A are you using on your skin um, and then build up slowly. But vitamin A should be used every day and it, and it should not be causing huge reactions. Okay, Honestly, every day. Yes, there is many different forms of vitamin A's. For an example, the vitamin A that I would use in some of the products in my facial room is retinaldehyde. It's a non-inflammatory form of vitamin A. It can be used every day and it can be used in the hot weather and the sun. So it's not going to react. It's a personal choice. Um, if you weren't using strong retinols, you're not going to be applying them in the morning because the sun, if you are sensitizing your skin with a retinol, absolutely not. And also people that use strong retinols, you really need to hydrate the skin as well because you're just drying the skin out. You're compromising the protective barrier. Why? Again, you really need to know what you're doing. You need to so. know. And you, that's why it all goes back to a consultation. Speaking of menopausal skin, would you notice a difference in the skin of women who are taking HRT and those who aren't? Who aren't. Absolutely. For clients that I've noticed, you know, that have thinning of the skin or even their behavior. Once they go on HRT, I notice that, well, HRT has shown to increase epidermal hydration and thickness of the dermis. That's a known fact. And so you can see those changes. And 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 ta- from experience, um, I did notice a huge difference in my skin. Um, and definitely I feel it's younger, it's more plump. But again, I look after it very well internally and externally as well. So yes, yes, I believe it does increase hydration and improves the texture and tone. It may not be for everybody, but, um, you know, people that do choose to go on it, it can help. Yes. And with regard to, we mentioned, you know, the hormonal changes around menopause. So just going maybe back a step or back a few years, pregnancy. So pregnancy and skin, that's probably the one time in my life that I noticed changes or my skin became more sensitive or certain products that I had used before I got pregnant that during pregnancy in the postpartum period, I noticed it, it caused redness or dryness. Is that, that's all to do with hormones, I presume, is it? And what's the advice you generally give people around that time? My advice is when you're pregnant, run with it. Okay. And wait for at least six months afterwards. Because what happens is, of course, your body is changing. You can become more sensitive. So you can't, it's out of your control. You cannot be fixing things. And what happens is a lot of people want to fix what's happening. You've got to just run with that. And the hormones are racing through your body. So just keep the skin hydrated and clean, hydrated and protected very gently. And then for maybe six months after, you've got to let the body balance out again. And then look at trying to fix whatever it is, if it hasn't balanced out itself. So yeah, when it comes to pregnancy, be patient, (laughs) just roll with it during those nine months, give it a little time, six months afterwards, and then, you know, regroup. So I'd always say for the pregnancy, cleanse, hydrate, protect. Okay. That's really good advice. So do you see a lot of people with problem skin like rosacea, acne, eczema, psoriasis? I know you mentioned that, that that's one of the things probably that you noticed when you come back to Ireland. Yeah, so this is what I would put under the um, inflammatory skin conditions umbrella. Um, absolutely, the rosacea, um, rosacea, and then that tends to be linked with eczema and psoriasis. That was a huge concern because every second person has rosacea. Um, there's many different forms of acne, like you have digestive acne, 
acne, you have liver acne, you have flackhead acne. There's many, acne can be many things. So uh, a lot of that, again, will be, you know, I would look at skin mapping and look inside what is causing that. For example, you know, if you have um, digestive acne, you'd be looking at the nose, the upper cheek, cheeks, the forehead and the chin. So the organ that you would focus on would be, you know, the esophagus, maybe the small, large intestines. You know, that's an example. So it gives us a guide, you know, where should we be going? Should we, you know, we need to look at that. So we have to look inside and see, can we find the source and then treat the problem. But, um, you know, when people are have acne or problematic skins, they have a tendency to want to cleanse and cleanse and cleanse and scrub. So when that happens, they are, especially people with oily skins, when that happens, they are um, producing more oil and more oil and more oil. They're cleaning more and more and more. Then they are sensitizing the protective barrier. That is like the door on your house. If I asked you to remove your door on your house, you ain't going to do it. So why remove the protective barrier? You're prone to all sorts. So that is, that is a huge problem as well. So, Sophia, would you see that stress is a trigger for skin conditions? Absolutely. Stress is a trigger for all things inflammation. Uh, and you'll see that I talk about inflammation a lot because that is the root of all problems. Stress, you can see someone, if you go into, uh, say if you're in the height of stress or spikes or whatever, you get a flush. It's like a menopausal flush almost. You can see that inflammation. And sometimes when clients are on the couch, they're so highly stressed, I can feel it, but I can see their skin is red. So if you can imagine that's like bolts of electricity out attacking your skin cells, you know, and yes, it's detrimental to, to our skin and to our health, big time. Lack of sleep, again, affects our skin terribly. You will find that your skin will become perhaps dehydrated, dry, itchy through lack of sleep. Yeah, stress, lack of sleep and probably alcohol would be the things that anecdotally I would visibly see a difference in my skin, say on a Monday after if I had a wedding or something at the weekend that there was alcohol involved, lack of sleep. Yeah, I would really see it on my skin. I would always then go back to the alcohol and associate the sugar with that because sugar is very dehydrating. And one thing that people don't know is that sugar to me equals inflammation. So inflammation equals pigmentation, lines and wrinkles, aging because all of these things are wounds. And where you have a wound, you have inflammation. If you're drinking alcohol, you're consuming sugar. So you're causing a trigger that has a domino effect. So absolutely. Struggling to switch off? Let Triple Z Herbal Night Drink help you unwind and relax at the end of the day. Triple Z. Relax. Restore. Rebalance. Available at all good supermarkets, pharmacies and health food stores. Or find us online at circleoflight.ie. I have a couple of friends in particular who constantly complain about dark circles. Why is it that some people are more prone to those than others? So dark circles under the eyes or puffy eyes? Uh, dark circles and puffy eyes, you know, again, we are looking at the organs like the adrenals and the kidneys. And that's it's a well-known fact. So, for example, the upper eyelids, they represent the adrenals. You know, irritation in this area can be related to stress. So the skin just below the eyelids reflects the kidneys. So puffiness is caused by many, it can be medications, it can be alcohol, it can be lack of sleep, it can be many factors. There's a lot of metals in our body nowadays. There's so many things to consider, 
But no matter when you see puffiness or anything like that, they always just go straight to the kidneys. It could be you're dehydrated. The puffiness can be can vary from day to day. The darkness, you know, it can be genetics. It can be the skin around the eyes is so thin. The blood runs very close and staining can occur as well. Again, it, it depends on your ethnic origin. So there's many factors, many things to consider. And are eye creams effective for that? Absolutely. For example, getting the correct eye cream for your specific concern. There's a lot of eye creams do nothing. There's eye creams that are have the good quality ingredients that will do something. So for example, like a vitamin C will lighten brighten around the area. But if you're using an L-ascorbic acid, you would use nothing more than 7.5%. People may not know that. So they may be applying something that's higher. So then they're causing dehydration around the eye area. So you have to know what you're applying to your eye. Many people just slap their normal um, face creams on their eyes. It's a no-no. And doctors that are doing the eye surgeries, they get a lot of fat in that area. So it just shows you that it does penetrate. So it can cause, if you're using really heavy creams, it can cause waterlogging as well. So you can create your own puffiness. As well as where you apply your eye cream. Some people go right close to the under eye. You need to stay away from that because the muscles will move the product up anyway. So you just go around the orbital area. Thought okay. I just mentioned that. No, very good. So you don't actually touch that soft part. Absolutely you stick not. To the bone just to the orbital area. area. Exactly. And not into the corner of the eye because that's where it actually goes in. And, and, and So by applying it just to that area, it will move up itself. You're constantly using the muscle around the eye. You're yeah. squinting. Mm-hmm. So it is moving the eye cream around. So, yeah. And is that, I find if I use, maybe if I feel I've used too much product, I get, you know, those little white bumps, are they called milia? Milia, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What is what are milia and how can you get rid of them? Milia can be the cause of many things. You know, we all have it, <laughs> you yeah. know, so it can be heavy product. It could be, you're not getting, people don't tend to exfoliate around there, mm. but you don't want to be going in with heavy exfoliation either. So it has to be gentle. So exfoliation, hydration, okay. and less of the heavy eye creams. Okay. So whoever books in with you, basically it's a bespoke treatment that they will get. So if they have problem skin, you'll treat what's in front of you. Absolutely, Sarah. It's all in the art of customization. So for example, if I have a client in front of me, and as I said, everybody differs, if they have, if they're highly stressed and they're holding a lot of tension in their jaw, like I'm going to do a lot of fascia muscle stimulation and break down that lactic acid, or if they have acne, I'm going to start an anti-inflammatory process. So yeah, it is bespoke to each individual. And that leads to the the, the reason why I introduced the bionic uh, cool laser into the, the facial room was because of all the skin conditions that I was faced with, inflammatory skin conditions in Ireland. So I went off and uh, did my research and came across the Bionic, which is an amazing piece of equipment. It's non-invasive. It's all about healing and repairing a cellular level. And yeah, just reduce the inflammation and get the skin healthy um, long-term. And also it, it works very much on the fact that you know, you need to hydrate the skin well before and after, which is why I go back to, I try to encourage them, disencourage them rather, to not be drinking coffee before or after my um, bionic treatments, which again goes back to the reason why I introduced the Circle of Light, the green coffee for hydration and gut health. It's very different to consuming just the normal black coffee. It's totally, totally different. And also you've got like prebiotics in there and you've got the fiber in there. That's so important. We're not getting enough of that in our diets. With regard to skin problems, again, teenage acne. So I know you mentioned that acne can present at any stage, but it's quite, well, and it's also quite traumatic at any stage, but in particular around the teenage years, 
years, I know there's probably a lot of parents maybe listening that would be, what what can they do to help their kids? Kids tend to um, over cleanse and they're using the wrong products for their skin. And also they're under such immense stress with school and they're eating absolute rubbish out of sight of the parents. And that's a huge issue. With youngsters going to the gym and especially young lads, there's a lot of protein drinks out there that I think are detrimental to skin. This is a huge problem. So again, um, bring your kid in, have a consultation and um, that would be my best advice. But using gentle products as opposed to stripping, over cleansing or hurting the skin. And, you know, again, back to gut health. Just when you mentioned the gym and a lot of people train and some young people would find that they have acne on their back. Is that to do with sweat? Is it to do with diet or what's your thoughts on that? That can be, uh, again, as I said, the body is in an elimination uh, filter. So a lot of that can be to do with candida. It can be can have something to do with pesticides on food. These are things that we don't think about. We think it's sweat. It can be sweat. What I would say to anyone working out in the gym, especially if you have any problems with the skin whatsoever, is to get the sweat off your skin ASAP. That's my advice because the sweat can irritate uh, the salt, of course. But then again, there's a bigger picture. As I said, you know, the pesticides and food we eat can purge. So what's happening inside is purging out through our skin. And so it could even be detergents and clothes. Is it one particular thing? We don't know. But we have to look at many options. So. So do we need the enormous number of different products, acids, serums that have been pushed on us these days? Okay, here's the thing. When we're in our 20s, we want to be using antioxidants. When we get into our 30s, we start um, dipping our toes into the exfoliation um, ingredients such as acids, what's glycolic, lactic, malic, there's many. And then when we get into our 40s and 50s, we're going in, we're using our antioxidants, our acids, our stem cell technology. And then as we get older, we keep adding, okay? So the way that products are formulated now, a lot of them contain many of these ingredients in one product. Some products may have them differently, whether you you layer them on your skin. It it all depends on the formulations, but we need the specific ingredients for our skin types and our skin concern and as we age. So it differs from our 22 or our 60. So you just start off your antioxidants and you keep adding as you go along. But the key is, is not to overstrip the skin. We can be using um, a serum with an acid in it. We could be using a moisturizer and then we're using our evening cream and then we're exfoliating and then we're doing some kind of liquid exfoliation, too much exfoliation. So again, you need to know what you are applying to your skin. You need to know what's in the product and what you're applying. If you get that right, you can add as many as you want, but it is not absolutely necessary. It's about adding the serums for your skin concern. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk with us today, Sophia. It was an absolute pleasure. You're well known for working with a number of very well-known people in Ireland. So a couple of Irish celebs. And I know you've worked in celebrities in the States and in London. But if anyone is who's listening today would like to maybe reach out to you or get in touch, book in with you, what's the best way for them to get in touch? Absolutely. They can go onto my website, www.thefacialist.ie and just book online. It's very simple. Brilliant. Okay, well, thank you very much. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning in to The Natural Health Revolution. We hope you have come away more informed and empowered to make little adjustments towards a happier, healthier way of life. 
we are dedicated to spreading the message of natural health. And we hope that if you enjoyed this episode, you will join us again for more experts and insights from the fields of health, nutrition and well-being. We would love to hear from you. So if you have any questions or want to know more about us, you can find us online at circleoflight.ie and on all social media platforms.